0: Welcome to the very first episode of the We Are Jayhawks podcast. I'm your host, Fitz, and every episode I'll be bringing on a different KU fan to chat KU football. Uh, This week will be very interesting because uh, Oklahoma and Texas have decided they want to leave the Big 12 for the SEC. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Uh, We also are going to chat about the quarterback situation, which is a bit of a question mark. Uh, this year which seems to be the case uh, in most years so we'll chat about that as well but before I get too much into that I want to introduce my first guest on the we are Jayhawks podcast Uh, his name is Jason and he is a KU football superman welcome Jason to the we are Jayhawks podcast how's it going man it's going good thanks
1: for having me man this is a kind of a a dream come true to sit here and talk Jayhawks with somebody else over a podcast. So I appreciate having
0: me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I wanted to uh, start a podcast that gave fans a chance to actually jump on a podcast. I mean, KU fans listen to podcasts, you know, all the time, and they hear these the same guys talking about KU football and uh, just KU sports in general, so I thought it'd be fun to hear a fan's perspective. Absolutely. I hope I can, I can bring a, a perspective
1: that is unheard of so far, so...
0: That's definitely what I'm looking for. So uh, so tell us about yourself. How long have you been a KU fan? What got you into being a KU fan? Sure. Um,
1: you know, I've been a KU fan as long as I can remember. And uh, it kind of stems from uh, my dad. Dad's a uh, lifelong KU fan. Um, I did not attend the University of Kansas, Um and uh, so, but I did just uh, maintain my my fandom, I guess, while I was still in college. And and when I was in college is when they were kind of at the height of uh, basketball. They won the 2008 national title, and then they won uh, the uh, Orange Bowl, and and so that that helped me while I was in college still be a huge fan uh, of the Jayhawks throughout college. And, and ever since then, I've just uh, as i am now into my professional life, I just continue to follow them and and uh, attend a few uh, events a year by them, and and uh, so that passion for the Jayhawks has always stayed true. Um, you know, things like podcasts and things like Twitter and things like that have allowed me to kind of take some of the, the fandom to the next level by just, you know, I get myself down the rabbit hole a lot with reading a lot, and... And commenting a lot on, on Twitter and reading this different storylines. And, and so, um, I think that the whole Twitter aspect and social media in general has really added that dynamic to, um, being a fan of any sports team, let alone, you know, my Jayhawks. And, and so, uh, it's been able to, even though I, I live down in Wichita, uh, Kansas. And, uh, so that allows me to, uh, still feel like I'm living in Lawrence all the time when, when, uh, I'm reading about some of the stuff that's going on, so um, just kind of a lifer, um, and so I, I don't really know any differently, and and I hope I never know any differently for the rest of my life. So,
0: awesome, I like to hear it, and and I'm the same way. You know, I I'd obviously the last ten years of KU football have been pretty rough, and there's been days where I've thought, yeah. you know what, this is it's not fun anymore. I don't want to pay attention. It's just breaking my heart. But football season rolls around, and I'm back on it.
1: You know, it's, it's funny because you say that, and my uh, my birthday falls on Labor Day weekend every year, which is basically college football kickoff. And so uh, ever since I graduated college, um, so for the last 11 years, the only thing I've asked for for my birthday is give me tickets to the season opening KU football games. So that's, that's basically what I started religiously attending at least a game or two a year was always the, the season opening kickoff game. Through the thick and the thin, that's how that's how people know that I'm actually a true Jayhawk fan is because even in the last decade, I'm still I'm still going and things like that. So uh, I feel you. I feel your pain a lot.
0: Yeah, for sure. And did you actually make a game last year?
1: Um, I did. I did not. Um, the one that we were planning on going to go to, as as always, was going to be that Coastal Carolina game, and then they announced the no fans. Um, and, uh, and so my, my dad and my two brothers and I, we got down to chicken and pickle in Wichita and we stayed, that game started at like what, like nine thirty or 10 o'clock at night. And, and, uh, stayed through the duration of the game. Uh, and, uh, but that was the, the one I, 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 have, it's difficult with my job. I, uh, I'm a high school athletic director. And so we have out on Saturdays and Friday night football games and all that stuff. So to build around my high school athletic schedule, to attend those games, that's why the one on Labor Day weekend is always really nice, um, and so that's always the one I always earmark about going to. And uh, so last year, it uh, with the no fans thing really put a a little bit of a ripple into that. And then this year, moving the first two games to the Friday night really also put a hindrance to my plans a little bit, um, since we have that's the opening night of uh, high school football in the state of Kansas, and so. Um so I'll be actually as uh, that uh, we actually host uh high school football that night on September third when they kick off uh their season opener as well. So right now I'm earmarked to the Baylor September eighteenth game as, as the first one that I will attend this year. So
0: Nice. Yeah, I that was a bit weird that our first two games are on a Friday. You know, I know obviously the last game we had on a Friday um uh, yeah. was we played uh Boston College, I think. Was that the last game we had on a Friday? It
1: That's the last one I recall that was on a Friday was the Boston College one. And it worked out fine, right? But you don't – you feel like you're constantly defending the program anyways. And now that when you're defending it against high school sports on a Friday night, I feel like it's it's kind of difficult. Um, I I guess I'd be really curious of what I think the crowd will be like. Uh, I'm not saying everybody that attends is also high school connected, uh, but I feel like that would take away a lot of uh, – even just recruits that you're trying to bring in on a, on a night or on a game day. Um, and it would be interesting to see how that, how that atmosphere is on that season opener.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And it will definitely be interesting, hopefully, moving forward. And I don't know if, if a Friday game is like, well, hey, since you're at the bottom of the total poll, we're going to go ahead and pick you for a, a Friday game instead of a Saturday. Uh, so it's like our yeah. our games were early morning Saturdays, and now we've been bumped down to now we're Fridays. So, uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah so. And, and as you know, and I'm sure we'll dive in later, um, I guarantee you it's all about TV and getting on the TV and getting on at certain times, and I'm sure that allowed them on a Friday night to have a more of a primetime uh, TV spot than it would have been on a Saturday night. Um, but still, nonetheless, it, it uh, it's going to be competing with a different, uh, unique demographic as well. So I'll be I'll be really curious. So I'll be definitely on the sideline of my high school football game, watching the uh, best I can on. I believe it's on ESPN Plus. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so let's let's kind of get into it here. So um, Oklahoma and Texas, they are wanting to leave the Big Twelve. Uh, what was your reaction when you first heard this news?
1: was um oh this talk again um you know because it feels like every two to three years that chatter just keeps coming up and you know it's like they keep putting that feeler out there for some reason though this one did feel a little different and i don't know uh if it's because it's on the verge of some maybe some of the uh college football playoff um proposals to change what the, I guess, the format of that playoff system is. Um, but it, it, this one definitely feels like it's got a little different traction to it. Um, and maybe it's because of the way it sprung up and the way everybody else was really surprised. And then maybe the way that they followed through and actually confirmed that we did reach out to the SEC. Um, uh, but it, it, def, it definitely kind of feels like, okay, it's out there. But I guess the, the – the part of me says until I actually see it, I won't believe it. Um, But I do feel like this one's got a little different feel to it as it has in the, in the years past that we've talked about Texas and Oklahoma and, and uh, wanting more or wanting more finances or, you know, switching to a different conference or whatever.
0: Yeah. And they actually picked a conference they were going to. I mean, I don't think in years past they've actually said, Oh, it's the sec that we're going to, or, uh, it's the Big Ten that we're looking at or the ACC. They, they, I mean, they actually pinpointed, like, no, you know, Oklahoma and Texas are wanting to go to the SEC. Not only they're wanting out of the Big 12, but they want to go to this conference. So that made it a little more well, real. I'm,
1: yeah, and I'm, I'm really, you know, we didn't get a lot of information back from the Big 12 teleconference that they had the other night that Oklahoma and Texas did not show up for. But, you know, the number one question they want to know is what's the incentive behind this? Um, and so I think that's the, the the question on everybody's mind is what is behind it? Is it dollar signs? I It, it cannot be competitiveness because I, I think you would probably agree um, with the state of where Texas has been. Not saying that they can't get back to what they used to be, uh, but where they have been. I just don't see that being a solid move on their part, Um, whereas where they, where they currently stand in the big 12 um, Oklahoma, I do feel like Oklahoma is a strong enough program. Um, You know, they're not going to win the sec year in and year out, like they've been doing the big 12. Um, But I think they'll be more likely to compete. Um, But their style of football is way different than the sec. Whereas Texas, I feel like might be able to adapt to that style of football a lot better so it is very very unique uh, that they that's the direction they're going and interested in so
0: yeah and with Oklahoma you know and and I I think I tweeted about this but going to the SEC is I mean I get it it's the football conference you know and and to play in the SEC is I mean it's the big time which I still don't understand how Missouri ended up there (laughs) but it is what it is that's a different story but uh You know, and I think I tweeted that Oklahoma will be consistently top five in the SEC, but likely never top three. Uh, Longhorns will be anywhere between six and ten. I I mean, obviously, I don't know how true that's going to be, but I mean, as they sit now, I mean, it it's kind of what it looks like. It's going to be hard to imagine Oklahoma being ahead of uh, Alabama, LSU, maybe LSU some years. It just kind of depends, but. Uh, Then you got Georgia, Florida. You got Mike Leach at uh, Mississippi State now. Um, You know it's. I don't want to say. I hate to say Texas A&M, but Jimbo Fisher is a good coach, even though he's been running his mouth a little lately. But uh, (laughs) he better
1: be able to back that up when it when a push comes to shove.
0: Exactly.
1: But I didn't. So I didn't realize this about A&M though. So they actually are the second um, largest. Revenue school in the country. So I did not realize that only behind Texas. Yeah. And I... so they obviously are dumping some serious revenues into, uh, and, and maybe that SEC change fits them pretty well, um, even though they haven't been at the top, um, except for more so lately when Jim O. Fisher has been there. Um but uh, yeah, see, I, when they moved, too, I was I was really questioning that move too, and it might be paying off to them now. But like you said, the Missouri, yeah, we're, I'm still scratching my head on that one for sure.
0: Yeah, if and it's interesting how this is all going to play out, and and like you said earlier, what what are the exact reasons? Let's kind of hit on that for a second. Uh, what do you think the the reasons are? Because it, I don't think it's just about money, right? I mean, I it, it just seems they they've been making. Oklahoma and Texas have been making a lot of money with the Big 12.
1: Right. Um, it's, I, I don't I don't think it's that, but I also don't think it's – if they just strictly look at it from a competitive standpoint, I don't think that would be a smart move. I think, in fact, it, it makes more sense for me to sit here and tell you that it's a financial reason, even though I think – and I think you kind of saw this a little bit. Did you, I don't know if you saw the most recent article that came out about Bullsby – um I actually did. I think you commented on Twitter about um almost wanting to give them like one point five shares of the conference so that way it actually boosts their pockets a little bit more to entice them to stay. So I don't know if this whole thing's a leveraging thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of conspiracies out there. I also read another one that this might be what leads the entire NCAA to blow up, you know, if they can create a conference so powerful then then do they even need the NCAA anymore. Um And so, if they feel like Texas and Oklahoma, from a football standpoint, will allow this conference to um, give them that kind of power, then then at that point, I guess the doors are wide open for for what that means for uh, the NCAA and the future of that.
0: Yeah, and we talk about we've been talking about fans like what are fans thinking about their school? You know, the Big Twelve breaking up and where their school is going to go. Can you imagine what the NCAA is thinking right now? I mean, they got to be exactly. in full panic mode. So, I mean, what a f- crazy couple few months. I mean, the um, uh, the name and likeness thing going through, so now players can make money, and immediately players are hitting the ground with that. Then you have Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, they're wanting to f- go to the SEC, and there's even more talks where the SEC is reaching out to even more schools to form this super conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you said, it's going down the path that almost seems like they they're trying to get rid of the NCAA, which I think is smart,
1: right? Um, I, yeah, I do too. I think, but at some point, they're going to still need some sort of a governing body that, because um, otherwise, what's going to keep this from happening? You know, another ten years down the road when. Some section of schools in these super conferences are no longer satisfied or happy with what the way things are going, you know. And then it's just kind of a rinse repeat cycle, I guess. Um, but I do I do think it's the start of something big. And you know, what I, my first question too I asked myself was, does the NCAA have the authority to veto certain moves, conference moves like this? I remember uh, it would it would have been about a decade ago. I think there was a trade that the Los Angeles Lakers were trying to to get through, uh, and David Stern actually nixed the trade, um, and so it, it didn't allow it to happen. And I think he was trying to, at that time keep talent around the NBA and spread it spread them out versus having a super team. Does the NCAA have that authority to say, hey, we are not going to allow Texas and SEC because of X, Y, Z? Um, because I think they also uh, they're, they're looking at it, even though they're a non nonprofit organization. And I say that with quotes around that. <laughs> yeah. um, they're still looking at it like a business model, and those are still big markets uh, that they can't have all in the same conference. And so I you know you got to think they're probably sitting there on the back uh, behind the scenes trying to figure out everything they can to not get those two schools into that conference as well.
0: Yeah, because it, it's hard to tell if it's gonna if it's in their best interest. You know, the NCAA having all these teams gather into one large conference, and like I said, they're I guarantee their wheels are spinning. They're in full on panic mode because they're thinking, "What's happening? Obviously, something's going on." And if they get booted out, and these you know this conference these conferences break away from them, and you know I don't know it could. Either way, this whole thing, this is just this is just the beginning. With Oklahoma and Texas, mm-hmm. what's coming next is going to be. We think this blows our mind. I mean, it's changes are happening, and it's pretty clear. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, and I'm excited for it. You know, it's it, it is fun. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to dream about different scenarios, and and uh, so yeah, I'm buckled up, ready for the ride.
0: Yeah, and as long as Ku ends up in a good spot and a good conference, you know uh, that's uh, all I care. I, I won't be upset at Oklahoma or Texas, uh, and I, I think we're in a pretty good spot. I mean, I, I guess so. That kind of gets us into Ku. How how do you think this affects Ku, and where do you think Ku ends up?
1: You know, I I, I like you think Ku is in a really solid spot, and if they if they had um. An average basketball program and a below average football program, you know, we might, we might be thinking that we're in trouble. Um, but they have a couple things going for them. They, they do have, um, a, a top, arguably a top five basketball program. They're a blue blood program. Um, and, and then number two is they're not going to be the worst football school for all, you know, for eternity. Like they'll get that turned around and they're going to become a, at least a, a halfway decent football program. I hope in the next couple of years. And I think other schools probably would see that as well. Um, And so I think that plays for them that, okay, even if we get them, we have a, we have a a top three basketball program. They're going to be an average football program. But the other thing that I think that's um, from a, from a conference standpoint um, is they, they have really solid academics at the University of Kansas. And I think that at the end of the day, that does get played into effect a little bit. That's not what brings you in your dollar signs. Um, but they do have, um, a, a solid market in the, in the Kansas City metro. And I think that, that will help, uh, any conference that's looking to expand. Um, I think they're going to look at that, um, and be satisfied with what KU brings to the table. Um, you know, referencing back to that USA Today article about the total revenue, they sit at 28, uh, in NCAA, uh, 28 in the revenue market where they've had arguably the bottom five football program in the last decade. And they're still in 28. You know, if if you're just talking about a football team that's 500 every year, you know, they're, they're, they're knocking in the top 15 from a, from a, uh, Financial standpoint as well, so I think the upside is um, is there, and I and I hope other schools can see it. And I know Travis Goff can can point those things out um, to any conference that's looking to to add. And I think we have enough to to sell ourselves on um, as we move forward.
0: Yeah, and I think you nailed it. The potential is there, and the fact that we're making so much money as it is. With a football program that is considered one of the worst, or if not the worst in power football, or at least it has been the case, uh, which means if we're already making all that money, then the potential to make more money is there. and and you know, like you said, we could be top fifteen, and that's that's a pretty big deal. So there the potential's there, and it, you know we still we need a new stadium. So that's gonna do a lot of a lot of good things as well. We will eventually get that going. Um, and then uh, I don't know how many articles I've seen from uh, sports analysts uh, saying that our coach uh, Leipold is a top ten coach, and he hasn't even coached a game yet. So uh, that's a pretty good sign, right?
1: That's a diamond in the rough, I think. So I am, and I do. I, I get excited every time there's you know, new coaching change, and we, you know, I get I get myself all fired up. I will tell you this though, there is a piece of me that is always just numb inside where I just say, I just want to see results. You know, like I can be as excited as I want to be, but at the end of the day, I just need to see some results, some tangible evidence of that direction being uh, changed. And, and I do hope that life Hold will bring that life is, is way different than any of the other hires. And so that does add a little excitement to me personally. Um, but yeah, you're right on that. It's to, to have people be naming him in the top 10, um, ahead of some big time coaches out there, uh, does excite me, um, to see the direction that it can go.
0: Yeah. And you know, I'm like you, it, it, you know, I was, <laughs> this coaching search, I was like, I don't even care if they bring in Nick Saban. I'm not going to be all giddy inside. I'm just, <laughs> I'm sick of the coaching search. <laughs> I just want to see a program go on the field and not do stupid things. Just make smart decisions, make halftime adjustments, and just act like they want to win the game. Because at times it makes you kind of wonder, do they want to win? I mean, are they playing for the the top pick in the draft? I don't know what draft they're going for. But, uh,
1: but, you know, it's funny, though, like, you know, we 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 are a blue blood basketball program. But look at the, the other blue blood basketball programs. None of them are football powerhouses, but they've all gotten to a respectable uh, competitive sense when it comes to their football programs. And I think that's all I'm asking for as a KU fan is let let KU basketball do its thing. But let's get to competitive Potential bowl eligible football, and you're going to have a very satisfied fan base. I really do. I, I don't think that anybody's expecting that we need to be orange bowl material every year. I do believe that was an anomaly, but but man, if we could rattle six to seven wins a year and just be that competitive football team in and out, and you get good games on the schedule, and and uh, you know that's one thing that I think um, excites me the most about a conference realignment or a change is it gives us the potential to go back to. Or non-conference football games, and in my opinion, that's a big deal. Um, you know, when we dropped to the 10 schools in the Big Ten and then you had to play your true round robin, you actually lost a non-conference game, which kind of goes back to the whole Bill Snyder building K-State football era where he, he scheduled some cupcakes, but he got the wins on the schedule, and that's what I think we're in the state of the program right now where we just need to get games that we can win. Um, and by switching to, let's just say, the Big Ten – or you're in two divisions and you only have to play, um, you know, eight conference games. That's going to open your schedule to give you four non-conference. Where it allows you to maybe maybe play an additional team or two that you feel very confident that you're going to get a win on that schedule. You know, and and right now we're just not getting that.
0: Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. And that, you know, and that's where, where we've been getting most of our wins. Uh, are from these non-conference games and to take one of those away from us has been pretty rough. And then the big 12 is not an easy conference to win in football. So, uh, you know, add that to that as well. So yeah, that, that's going to be a big thing for us. And it doesn't matter if we're playing, you know, these uh, FCS teams or whatever, like you said, wins matter. They can give a team confidence and it can play into further into the season confidence and momentum plays such a huge part and we see it in KU football where they have no confidence and no momentum and I mean you can see see it in the players you know the just how they're playing so uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out if we can get an extra non-conference game to kind of help us climb that ladder Um, yeah so it'll it'll be interesting to see how the the schedules work hopefully um, I guess if we go to the Big Ten we'll Because I don't think Ohio State and Michigan, they're not in the same uh, division, right? Like, do they play play each other every year?
1: You know, I know they play each other every year. I just don't know if they are in the same actual division or if that's just one of those cross-division games that they always just keep because it's a massive rivalry game.
0: Yeah, because that would be a tough... If they're both in the same division, that would be a tough one to land in. Uh, for KU. Yeah, the the good
1: news is I think I, when I, you know, a lot of those, those speculations of people that put like different, hey, you know, if you, if you go from five power conferences down to four, here's the four 16 team conferences. Here's your divisions within the conference. If you strictly just went off geographic location and KU ends up in the big 10, I think they ended up in the West. Uh, conference where Ohio State, Michigan would be in the, in the East conference, and they would actually be lucky enough to avoid uh, Ohio State, Michigan. Now, that's not to say that every 14 years you might have to play them or whatever it is, or eight years, but, but let's not act like that didn't help KU the Orange Bowl year. You know, like I said, I'm, a, I'm very much a realist. That's my personality. And we did not play OU or Texas that year. And I, I never forget that, even though I think we that year we could have competed with them because I had that much confidence in Mangino and Reese and company. Uh, but that's a that's a heck of a schedule when you can cannot have to play both of those schools in the same year. Um, and so that, you know, if you're playing in the in a Big Ten where you're now divisions and you're not playing everybody, you might get that lightning in a bottle year where you all of a sudden don't, hey, on this schedule, we actually don't play Ohio State or Michigan this year. Um, but that means you might have Penn State or somebody, you know. But um, you might get that chance where the schedule is just not as daunting as it would be if you did go through the gauntlet of everybody. Um, you know, I'm going to reference – high school sports a little bit because that's also kind of a forte of mine being a high school AD is sometimes when you get in a conference in a league and you're in that league for a long, long time and you get into a rut kind of like KU football is where they're down, sometimes from a psychological standpoint with those players, it's hard to get over the hump of saying, oh, we're going to play Oklahoma again. Well, they're just going to go beat us by 30 and we're going to go home and call it good. Uh, Whereas – If you go to the Big Ten, um, you know, some of those schools, they're just not as familiar with. So I think it gives a breath of fresh air to, you know, everybody that would be on that roster and that coaching staff and even us as fans. I'm not saying Ohio State you're going to go in with a breath of fresh air because Ohio State is legit. But, you know, other schools that, that, you know, like a Maryland or or whatever, you know, you go in with a lot more confidence because you just don't know as much about them. And and you haven't gone through – two decades worth of just tail beatings and things like that. So I don't know, different perspective there too.
0: No, I like it. And I think you make a great point. And with KU football in a position where they've been down for so long, I think any sort of refresh button or renew button, you know, can can really do them some good to kind of step away from the past and to focus on moving forward. Uh, Because, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we really have to do. Uh, As fans, the program has to do that. And it's not easy because the past has been pretty rough. But um, I think this whole thing, this whole situation is a good way to do that. As long as KU does end up, um, you know, in a power five conference. So uh, now, what do you think the best case scenario for KU is uh, as far as this realignment goes? And what do you think the worst case scenario is?
1: Um, yeah, that's, that's a really good question. So I, you know, I almost view it as, as multiple tiers here. You know, best, best case scenario. And if you're talking about wanting just to keep status quo is you, you just have the big 12 intact. Um, I would be more so saying, okay, if we have the big 12, let's actually get back to 12 teams. So Texas know you, you're going to stay, but we're going to add a couple other schools that will not compete with your recruiting ground. Um, and, and, but we're going to get back to 12 schools. So there might be a larger revenue share at, at, at the end of the day. Um, if that's not the option and you're saying strictly, Hey, let's just go pretend that KU is now in a different conference. I think best case scenario is the big 10. I, I, really do. I think, um, you know, I think, I think Bill Self would just eat up the Chicago area from a recruiting standpoint. Um, that style of play isn't, isn't that far off probably what Bill Self normally is is like um, so I and I think the divisions um, you know it would be pretty easy to do and and maintain competitiveness uh, I think from a basketball standpoint like we talked about they're already uh, one of the top five programs in the country that I think that, that would easily get us into the door my worst case scenario is actually probably twofold Um, one would be going to a mid-major conference where you look at it going, hey, football might be okay. But I think that would be the worst possible thing for uh, KU basketball to end somewhere like a Mountain West or something like that. Um, And then the other thing that I think I view as worst-case scenario, uh, and even though they're a Power 5 conference, in my opinion, would be the Pac-12. And that's strictly because of the, the travel and the times that those games are on. I'm very guilty. I don't watch a lot of Pac-12 basketball because those games started at like 10 p.m. Now, if KU was playing, I would be up at 10 p.m. watching the game. But um, I think you lose a lot of some of that national attention and recognition because you would lose a lot of those people watching those games at night. Um, and so, those are kind of my, I guess, my my different tiers of of what I could see and probably the preferences I would like to see those happen at.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Pac-12 would be would be tough, and I wonder what, what do you uh, how likely do you see a scenario where, I, you know, and I don't know if this has happened before. I feel like maybe it has, but I don't know. Um, where let's say if KU lands like basketball is in the ACC, but then football they put them in a um, a lower conference. Um, I don't know. Do you think that is is that even possible? Like.
1: I'm trying to think the only conferences that I that don't have, um, football officially, would that be the big East and the, um, uh, Missouri Valley, maybe. Yeah. And, I know
0: the big East because they, you know, they both you
1: know. play, you know, that's why I was kind of surprised being from the Wichita area that the Wichita state <clears throat> went to the, um, the American, you know, and they, but they, they welcomed them without having football, you know? Um, and so I think it, it can be done and it has been done. I just don't think that's quite as appealing for a lot of those,
0: uh, yeah, it wouldn't be, th-
1: let alone a caliber program like the university of Kansas to, to do that.
0: Yeah. And it, as fans, I mean, it would be nice for the basketball program to s- still be in a, a power five, but at the same time, it would still be a hit also revenue wise for football to land, uh, in a, a lower level conference, especially with the potential that it has. So yeah, that, that wouldn't be, I just thought it'd be an interesting question uh, if something like that could be possible, but you know, with, with realignment, you know, it, with this craziest things. And again, this is just the tip of the iceberg who knows what's going to happen, but I think uh, best case scenario for me, you know, I don't even know if the, if the big 12 is even a thought at this point, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to pull this off. And if they do, I think Texas and Oklahoma are gone. I don't think there's any conversation that you can have. I think it's deeper than money. Uh, I think they're gone to the SEC. Uh, if the Big 12 tries to salvage itself and bring in more teams, then that's going to immediately bump the Big 12 down below a Power 5. Um, so I think that— so Let me
1: ask you a question. Let me ask you a hypothetical question. that, And it gets just kind of far out there. But if you do, as a Big 12, lose Texas and Oklahoma, and they're they're kind of your big dogs, if you were able to bring in Notre Dame away from independent football and make them kind of the face of your football conference, does that save the Big 12 if you were able to bring in them and then maybe bring in the two Arizona schools and hit different recruiting ground. Uh, and then maybe one other so you get back to twelve schools and then you have the face of your football conference met with which would be Notre Dame do you see that as a scenario that would save the big twelve
0: uh potentially I think so um I think we would still need one more uh, I mean I think it would be it'd be big if the big twelve could uh talk Notre Dame to do it but I just I don't know that Notre Dame would be interested but I think that would definitely be a start uh this might be kind of crazy but with Texas A&M throwing up so much of a stink about Oklahoma and Texas how crazy would it be like if we went Notre Dame and then Texas A&M and brought those two back or brought uh Texas A&M back to the Big 12 and then Notre Dame uh we bring them and then Obviously, Nebraska hasn't had such a great run with the Big Ten. Maybe we pull in Nebraska. Maybe we also pull in Colorado.
1: Yep.
0: I mean, because that this would, would put be good. Us at I mean, I'd
1: be I'd be fine with all of that. Um, the only reason I brought the Notre Dame topic up was if you recall when they actually came out with the 12 team college football proposal, the only lock spots that are guaranteed are conference champions, um, mm-hmm. and so and that to me was a giant kind of a middle finger right at Notre Dame, um, that their spot will never, ever be guaranteed. So they're going to have to get an at-large bid every year that they're going to chance. Now, the likelihood of them getting it might be fairly good. I don't know. But is that enough to entice them to say, maybe it's time for us to join a conference. And with all of this going down, is the big 12 a good fit being in the Midwest? And, you know, um, I don't know. I was really sure it, it might be total stretching there. That's what was, Fearing that thought, I guess.
0: It's a great thought, and I think that's – the thing is, nothing is off limits with this realignment. I think it's going to be absolutely crazy. And I think that would be a great start to saving the Big 12. I think we'd need a couple other teams. I, I think for the Big 12 to save itself, uh, losing Oklahoma and Texas, you're going to have to have 12 teams. You know, you can't go back to the 10 yeah. teams. You're going to have to have at least 12 teams. Um, but I think if you went and got Notre Dame – and you went and got Texas A and M, uh, and then brought back uh, Nebraska and Colorado. I think that would absolutely save the Big Twelve, and it would uh, it would be huge. But man, I you know I just don't know if uh, with Bullsby coming back to Oklahoma and Texas and saying, "Hey, we'll give you more money uh, to Oklahoma and Texas," and that's his best offer. I don't know that they're interested in keeping the Big Twelve around. I don't, and if they are interested in doing that, I don't know if they have what it takes to do it.
1: So, where's your where's your dream landing spot for
0: Kansas? Uh, I would say honestly, I think the Big Ten makes makes the most sense. Um, man, it would be cool to see them in the SEC if they could, because in basketball in the SEC, they could really. Do and with Kansas and Kentucky, can you imagine that in basketball? Like that would be awesome. Um, but football, if we could get football back to going good, I mean, I think SEC would be cool. Uh, the ACC obviously would be awesome as well. But I think the Big Ten makes the most sense uh, for Kansas geographically, and um, I, I think out of the conferences, I think I would I would choose that one. It is they do have a new TV deal coming up as well. So that is makes you a little bit anxious as well. So I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh like I said, either way, it's you know this whole this whole thing is gonna be interesting. So it'll be fun to watch and, and see where th- uh, teams end up. Uh, so where do you think K State ends up? That's kind of a a, a question I've seen around here. Where, <laughs> not that you know who cares about K State, but it's it's really interesting because they actually have a, a pretty strong viewing in football uh, and even basketball, as bad as their program is going to be this year. But I don't know. Where, where do you see them in about? Um,
1: you know, they the, that's, <laughs> that's the million-dollar question as well. Yep. Um, because, like you said, they have a strong um, football program and stadium. But outside of the state of Kansas, I don't know how strong that viewership is and that brand is, you know, it's not a national brand like KU basketball is. Um, and their basketball program is so spotty where it's, it's, you know, okay for a year or two and then really atrocious for a year or two. And, you know, so I don't, I'm just trying to figure out what they exactly bring to the table. Um, You know, being the ag school they are, they probably—I don't know. Some part of me also feels like they fit somewhere in the in the Big Ten, but I I just don't—I don't know. Uh, I don't know if KU and K State are looking at each other going to wear a package deal or if it's every man for yourselves. Uh, But uh, I could also see them uh, going to the Pac-12. and joining joining Colorado and kind of being on the Eastern Conference or Eastern Division of the Pac-12. Um, so I, I don't know. That's a that's a great question because I don't I don't view them and maybe it's a little bit more of a homer I guess of me. <laughs> I just don't view them as like a national brand or what do you bring to the table? That's anything overly positive, I guess, other than just another member school. Um, that's yeah. my opinion.
0: Yeah, and I think people see it the same way. Uh, a lot of people, so especially the uh, the analysts, I think they picked uh, that KU, uh, West Virginia. Um, oh, there was another. Wasn't I don't think it was or an Oklahoma State. I think they said are really the safest bets to for sure land in a Power Five. The rest of them might be a little bit nervous, and you know, K State. I mean, they could very well end up in the AAC. Uh, they could end up in Conference USA. I mean, you know, but I do not think that they are a package deal with KU. I think KU is just – they are they have no interest in any sort of package deal other than um, – and Iowa State was the other one as well. Iowa State is one where they said it's in a good place. Um, but I think uh, KU and Iowa State makes uh, a better um, team than KU and K-State. And I think Iowa State and KU – teaming up together. That could help Ku getting the the Big Ten. So I think if it benefits Ku, they're all for it. But I don't think again. I think you you said this as well. But it just K State they're they're just not a brand. I mean, they're not a big name brand, and there's really no way they can help Ku out. You know. So yeah, I think Ku. I think gonna,
1: that's uh, what the 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 fan in me that hates K State like I do takes great pride in hoping they land in some mid major conference because I think that would be the massive or the biggest shot to their ego, uh, even worse than just KU, you know, beating them in basketball or or, or whatever. I, I just think them having to settle for a smaller conference actually will really put them in their place. And so this is what the this is what anybody outside of Manhattan, Kansas thinks of you guys. Like you just don't you just don't bring anything to the table. Because they think they're kind of like they they think their football program is on the same page as as uh, as KU basketball's program, you know. And I just the fact that they even think that is kind of absurd to me.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely not even close. It's a, there's a big difference between the two. <laughs> so I, sorry,
1: off my soapbox there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. So all right, so let's. Uh, kind of move into the, the the next and final topic and we probably won't be able to spend a ton of time on this because we just don't know a lot um, especially the new coaching staff coming in after the spring game so we don't know where his head is at uh, but as far as the KU quarterback race uh, what are your thoughts do you have anybody in mind who you think is going to come out in the first game and be the starter
1: so like I told you for the last decade, I've been going to the op- season-opening KU football game, and I swear for as long as I can remember, this has been the, the topic of conversation leading into the first game, where I've gone to more games where I have no idea who our starting quarterback is than uh, games I've been to where I'm, I'm excited because I do know who it is. Um, and so, yeah, I... We're, and, again, once again, we're in the same boat we are, as always. Um, although this year I feel like there's more options than there has been in the past. I think it's in the past it's been down to maybe two guys where I, 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 I view four on the table, and I have no idea what Coach Leipold and company are thinking. I view four guys that are on the table. Um, and so if you're asking me of guys with the experience uh, with a Jayhawk uniform on, it's obviously Miles Kendrick. Or Jalen Daniels. Um, out of those two, if I had to choose one, it would be uh, I would go I would with Jalen Daniels strictly because of the most experience out of those two guys. Um, and uh, you know, he was really young last year playing, and so uh, you know, a year under his belt. Uh, hopefully, that he's matured a little bit. Um, but I, but I would say with neither of those guys, I was overly uh, excited about the total package that I saw on the field, not to say that they can't get there. I just, nothing really uh, pumped me up to say, that's my guy. Let's build around that guy. Okay. So, so take those two guys there. And then the other two are, are newcomers. So you obviously have Jason Bean, who seems to be kind of a front runner that I've read on, on online and things like that. Uh, But he's not overly proven either. Uh, his resume is okay. It's not great at a at a small school, North Texas. Um, I don't know. I didn't read any of the insights of why he left there or anything like that. Um, he's kind of a dual threat guy. So he gives you that option. Um, and so if, if you're asking me out of those three, which one I would prefer, I would choose Jason Bean. And only for the reason of I have no idea what to expect. And so that excites me where I, I've seen the other two and I'm not overly excited. So I would just say, give me the new guy because let's see what he's got. Um, and then my, my dark horse that I, I kind of hope gets some playing time this year is, uh, Conrad Holly, the guy out out of Kansas city. Um, he's the guy that has the resume, the high school resume. He's a true freshman guy. Um, You know, everything I've read about him, and he's just a dude, I don't know if he's ready. Um, But, you know, when when you can be the Kansas City Metro Player of the Year, you can lead a Missouri team to the 6A state championship title. Um, To me, that says you're probably pretty decent. Um, I'm a huge fan of his high school teammate, Luke Grimm, who's a receiver for the Jayhawks. I'm a huge fan of his. And they both speak very highly of each other, and so I think that's a cool relationship that I'd like to see develop more on the field. But um, So I did not answer your question, but those are the four, I think, guys that, that are in the running. I would choose either Conrad Hawley or Jason Bean strictly because I don't know. Uh, I have not seen as much of either of them, so that excitement of not knowing is, is there for me versus the what I do know about the other two.
0: Yeah absolutely and I mean I'm kind of in a similar boat you know we we've seen Jalen Daniels we've seen Miles Kendrick uh you know just Jason Bean we have not seen him in a KU uniform so we don't know uh so it is that kind of exciting you know thought what could he be um you know younger guys uh, that'll be kind of tough because then we have Ben Easters as well uh who's also a freshman and um pretty sure yeah he's a freshman um so that that you know he might play in the mix a little bit so but I I think it is going to come to the 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 first three that you mentioned um and all I honestly it at this point I don't care who Leipold picks I just hope we don't go into game one wondering who's going to come out and he's going to say something like well we'll probably play all three or we're going to play two uh we're just going to see who plays the best I you know i I hope as soon as we get into summer, uh, the summer camp, which is coming up here real soon, uh, that they focus the first two weeks on finding the number one guy. Then the last two weeks, that number one guy is taking the snaps.
1: I agree, and I feel like by not doing that, you're just getting yourself further behind um, from where we need to be week one, and 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 with with Leipold missing out on the spring, I think. There's no time to wait. You got to you gotta
0: pick your guy and go. Yep. And he's a guy about consistency, you know, and I think he could be the, the coach that comes in and after the first two weeks, he we know who the starter is going to be. He's not afraid to say, even if he doesn't tell us, if he just says, I know who the starter is going to be, that's fine with me. I don't even have to know. As long as he knows, that's, you know, step one. Um, but yeah, if we can at least know that I think that's going to put us in a, a whole different place than where we've been, in, you know, the past 10 years. So, which is a better place. Uh, but either way, a lot of excitement coming with KU football, uh, excitement and, and maybe anxiety from the, uh, uh, the realignment talks. Uh, but you know, Jason, honestly, man, you, you know, your stuff. Uh, it was fun having you on. I don't know if you have any last uh, comments you want want to make at all about anything we talked about.
1: You know, I, I don't. I think I left it all on the table, man. But I, I really appreciate you having me on. That was a lot of fun. And um, for some reason, my seven-year-old daughter doesn't like to get in depth about Ku sports as much as uh, as we got to today. So <laughs> that was
0: fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she probably is glad to know her dad got some of it off her chest. So uh, you don't have to talk it ear yeah. off. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. Awesome, Jason. All right. Well, I appreciate yep. you being on.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Vince. See you later, yeah
0: Yep. See you. That wraps up the very first episode of the We Are Jayhawks podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. We will be back again next week. Thank you guys for listening and rock chock.